theorizing that Quantum Leap would hold up after 30 years, two friends set out to watch every episode and vanished. Oh boy. Second half of episode one. Sam's gonna hit a walk-off home run. He also saves his wife. Oh boy! Featuring Kristen and Leet. Yeah! Hello. Hi. And welcome. This is episode two of Oh, oh Boy, it's, it's Kristen, Kristen and, and Leet. We'll have to learn how to say that with a little more like pizzazz if we're going to keep doing this. Yeah, I wonder. Maybe like a version that's in theme with whatever is going on in the show. Oh, that's that's ambitious. Okay, never mind. I mean, no, in this, no, <laughs> we'll just this, give it more let's, energy. Let's try it. That's if if um, so. We had half an episode of uh, daring fighter pilot Tom Stratton and half an episode of uh, baseball guy Tim Fox. So, what is? How do we say? Oh boy, it's Kristen and Leet. Like in a 40s kind of, or what? when when was the fighter pilot? The fighter pilot was 56. 56, I'm way off. Um, how would people talk in 56? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, it's oh, Kristen boy. and Leet. Oh boy, <laughs> it's Kristen and Leet. Nailed it. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> so, what, ha- what happened in this episode? Whoa, okay. Um, first of all, I just wanted to address... The new opening to the show oh, with yeah. the voiceover. This is the first time we get the, uh, the... It's not even the opening credits, because they still yeah. do the opening credits, but they do a preamble. A very benevolent, soft, gentle voice that kind of creeped me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, just talking to us about the general nature of Quantum Leap, I guess. Yeah, it says... I don't remember the exact... The first few words, but it's... Um, Theorizing that man, yes, this is it. This is it, word for word. Theorizing that man could travel within his own lifetime. Sam, Sam Beckett stepped into the quantum leap accelerator and vanished. Except that it's more like theorizing that man could whatever, you know? Yeah. Like it was very um, ASMR ish, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we get that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it actually does give us some. Uh, insight that we didn't already have into this like for instance in this we learn his last name is Beckett we don't know that in the show yet oh yeah that's just in the preamble which again since this is uh the second part of a two-parter or no it's it's that is this it was a feature-length uh pilot that they then broke into two episodes so presumably that wasn't in the original broadcast they didn't stop the show halfway through and do the opening credit sequence so yeah um, I guess technically we wouldn't have norm if if we'd been watching this in 1989, we wouldn't have seen that yet. Right. We would have just tuned in next week and and presumably it would be there. Right. Okay. Well, good to know. <laughs> the comforting voice of reason coming in and explaining <laughs> what I went through last week. Factual is accuracy is pretty much all I bring to the table. <laughs> and so, yeah, we wouldn't have gotten his last name until Al mentions it later on this episode um we also um i think it might be the first time we hear just the phrase quantum leap and they use it a lot yeah in this episode (laughs) for sure they do use it a lot yeah um we had a little recap of the first Mm -hmm. of the first half so um and then if you're just joining us this episode we'll tell you uh sam leaps into a fighter pilot tom stratton who has to um fly to mach 3 in the x2 bomber our fighter. I'm so plane. glad that you're better at absorbing like factual information about television shows than I am because like this is something I get made fun of a lot. Because if you were to ask me what what was going on, I'd be like, oh, he's a fighter pilot in the 40s, which is wrong. And he's uh, he has to win World War Two. <laughs> he has to win World War Two. It's a military base, and uh, he has to fly a plane or something. I mean, you you write down your impressions of things, and that's also very important. But I'm the one who's like, oh, what's that character's name? Weird Ernie. I'm writing that down. Yeah, I'm not interested in facts. I'm only interested in what's going on inside my feelings. So, <laughs> um, so uh, he uh, he, we learned that there's. Um, um, the, all these accidents. Every time somebody tries to fly this plane to Mach 3, uh, there's an accident. And we learned that uh, 
Tom Stratton, the guy that Sam has leapt into, um, he dies when he tries to reach Mach 3. His plane explodes and he dies, and that's what Sam is here in the past to fix. Yes. Because this is where we reveal the entire premise of the show, is that he leaps into somebody's body in order to fix a specific problem, and then once that problem is solved, he can leap out again. Yeah. So anyway, what were you? What were you? What was your first outrage? My first outrage. I mean, uh, you'll snap back like a pimp's suspenders. Has mm. got to be my first outrage of a many. Pimp's suspenders. Yeah, Albert uh, delivers this line, explaining to him about how he can, like you said, how he can get back to his time. It says like, you just do this, and then you'll snap back like a pimp's suspenders. And I'm thinking, I, I guess it's an image. It, it's an image that I get. Yeah. It's <laughs> I just want to I sit mean, with it for a moment. It's baffling. Are 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 pimp suspenders springier than most suspenders? That's right. Like so I, I suppose they're notorious for wearing suspenders. But so are fancy the, people. Yes. You that's could true. say, um are are you know, snap back faster than a fancy man's suspenders. <laughs> I wish that's what he said. Or an old man's suspenders. Or You'll snap back like a generic pair of suspenders. A young hipster's suspenders. I mean, in the future, I guess, maybe pimps are especially known for their springy suspenders. We don't know. And they've got super elastic suspenders, whereas the rest of us plebes just have regular <laughs> suspenders. Yeah, they made some extreme advances in, in pimp clothing in the future. I do like, uh, at one point, he, uh, he uh, when Al is complaining about having to dumb down his answers because Sam is too Swiss cheese-brained to understand all of the uh, f- uh, quantum physics involved with what they're talking about, uh, Al says, oh, like, first I have to give Dick and Jane explanations to the president, and now dot dot dot. I was like, oh, Al's briefing the president in between, like, basketball games and dates with Women named Martha. Martha, Martha, as he said. What a sexy young woman's name. Well, and you're saying that, yeah, he, he can't say that much to him because of his Swiss cheese brain or that he was explaining that to, mm-hmm. that he can't say much to him because of his Swiss cheese memory. But he totally throws away that rule in this whole episode. Like, he says everything to him. Yeah. Like, your name is Sam. <laughs> you created Quantum Leaping. and But is that because it's all after the plane? Well, he, yeah, he, he tells him his name when we're in the baseball sequence. That's in the ba- That's in the baseball sequence. All right. But Apparently like, I have Swiss cheese memory. So <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Um, <laughs> there's also the first time... I mean, they, they do um, talk a little bit about it because um, Al presents the theory, Ziggy, the supercomputer's theory, that uh, he actually has to solve a problem in Tom Stratton's life before he can leap back home. And he uses the phrase, God or time or whatever was waiting for you to quantum leap. Um, and and I love yeah. this kind of image of like, it's, you know, like, whatever. It's the thing that makes things happen. Yeah, also the disdain with which he said God or time or whatever was like... Yeah, because like, <laughs> like, Al doesn't support this theory. This is Ziggy's theory. And, like, Al's proposed solution uh, involves uh, being at ground zero at a nuclear detonation. And that's the one that he wants to try out. Okay. But Ziggy says, no, all you have to do is get to Mach 3 and survive. And then you'll leap out immediately. Which turns out not to be the case. Yeah. Because that wasn't the problem that he had to fix. I'm, oh, man, I'm getting real self-conscious about the fact that my brain doesn't hold on to... um, (laughs) science-related details. I'm, like, learning so much from talking to you about what we just, literally just watched. So but this is going to be a fun challenge like, to This is show. also, to some extent, like, a fun, um, what's the word? Like, a fun barb. We can push it the writers of this episode, uh, Donald P. Belisario, who wrote every episode. <laughs> Donald P. Belisario of Belisarius Productions. <laughs> I love him. Um, but it's, like... The thing is, he's clearly, I mean, and as we all are, more interested in the um, the relationship stuff of, like, Sam yeah. uh, interacting with his new wife, Peggy. His new wife. And, and son. Uh, but that said, like, he has, like, 
he's he's clearly throwing this thrown in this like oh you got to reach Mach three for excitement, but it's so uninterested in it. Yeah, like so much of of the mystery is like is nothing. I was gonna say is is subtext and stuff, but it's not even that. In in the end, like um, right before Sam is about to go fly the X two for the first time. Uh, his his wingman bird dog says, "Oh, by the way, uh, right before the engine light went off, I smelled coffee." Yeah. And Sam goes, "Oh, sure, dude." Yeah, he makes some kind of joke about coffee. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, hey, dude, maybe you should have mentioned that to Weird Ernie, like when the crash happened. Why do none of these pilots seem to care? They absolutely don't want their bosses to know what's happening. Even when they have, like, significant lapses in memory. At the very least, your pilots seem to be demonstrating um, a weak sense of, uh, like, a, a, a very, or on the other way around, a very strong lack of confidence in their abilities to fly planes or <laughs> in their, like, m- mental and physical well-being at the time of flying these important planes. Yeah. And and also, like, they, like no, they're, they're all military folks. You'd think they'd have some kind of investment in the chain of command, especially, like, they're, like um, um, Tom Stratton is a captain. Like, he's not, like some schmo private out of nowhere like he's part of the brass yeah yeah and yet there's like no interest in actually like doing anything that would help the military make good planes to fly in yeah like it's like at best you have a few pilots who are as i said um no someone's calling me do you want to take it on the air (laughs) should i sure Hello? Oh, hi, this is she? So I think we thought that would be a fun little uh, <laughs> uh, diversion. Kristen answers a phone call and then mm-hmm. uh, it steadily it- became me just trying to be really polite yeah. on the phone with someone who maybe has a job for me in the distant future. So... Um, I've I've always been fascinated by people who like will just like pick up the phone and call someone. Like if I like need to call someone on the phone, like I'm like I will send an email like three weeks in advance. Be like, can we schedule? I hope if you don't mind, could we? I just need like eight seconds of your time. Could we please maybe schedule a phone call for December? You know, whatever. Let's arrange a time for for maybe a phone call or to to email back. For I always go to Skype. I'm like, mm. why do we not have? I don't know. Whenever I can push for a Skype interview or a phone interview, I do not like meeting people face to face. Oh, I, I will see myself out. <laughs> get get out, Lee. This is actually Lee's home. Um. My, yeah, I'll, in in the future, I'll either try not to take phone calls, or I'll try to make them more in, entertaining. Yeah, if you could just like turn it into some kind of comedy sketch, like one half. <laughs> but because I'm so paranoid, I must ask: Did I sound okay on the phone? You sounded. <laughs> did I sound fine, like a yeah. fool? You sounded like a professional music teacher. Commented on the impressive four note chords in the background oh, that I heard being. I played. was so pleased with that. I don't know if they care, but I liked it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> I know what those are. <laughs> four broken four note chords. My God. Whatever. You've no. got a young list on your hands there. Okay. What? Okay. So, um, back to Albert and. Yeah, Albert explaining the quantum leap mission to Sam. Oh yeah, because that was the short conversation they've had several in this episode. Yeah. Um. So the next thing I have is his conversation with his wife. If yeah, I'm going to flag one or two more things. Do uh, it, but uh, do first, it fast. First of all, um, <laughs> um, Al says, oh, like if you don't want to um, either fly at Mach 3 and survive or be present at the site of a nuclear blast, what you can do is just survive for 40 years and then you'll be back in the present. Yes. Which implies, because uh, this takes place in... 1956, which implies that the Quantum Leap mission is taking place in 1996, or seven years in the future of when the show is. So they think in 96... We'll have light-up heels. Well, fair enough. Yeah, that's fine. Light-up earrings. Yeah. uh, And time travel. Okay. All right, that's our big 
the the biggest problem I have with their view of the future, and also Albert's fashion sense, I think, is just a little. Oh, you know what? It's not terribly off. Like he wears that silver jacket. That's kind of nineties. Yeah. Um. Let's see. We've seen him in his his weird pajamas. Those. We just need like, like what if people wear in the nineties? Like like some grunge. Like maybe you could wear some like plaid wristbands. And, yeah. Spaghetti strap tank tops. Sure. Butterfly clips. Mm-hmm. Slap bracelets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bell-bottom jeans coming back. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway, and the other thing is he, he, he drops the fact that he used to be an astronaut, which is like, hey, um, Al seems pretty interesting. Like, he's briefing the president on this weird science mission that they're doing. He's a former astronaut and knows how to fly, like, a 1950s uh, fighter jet. Yeah. Like he's an interesting dude, despite his clothing choices. Oh, I would say that just makes him more interesting. I think Albert is a, overall a very interesting person. All right. Are we, are we ready to move on from Yeah, let's from move Al on to now? the weird conversation with his wife. Here's, okay. <laughs> First question. You're going to be the fastest man alive. It's like she says to him. Yeah, okay. Usain Bolt. And then she says to him, promise me. And he says. Promise what? And she says promise first how can i i will just act it out how can i promise if i don't know what i'm promising just promise okay i promise great what did i just agree to i'll tell you tomorrow what the fuck peg (laughs) and does he does she in fact because because then he crashes the plane and she is in the hospital does she tell him tomorrow no but i think like it's subtext we know what he's she's making him promise do you not know? That, sh- that he'll Just be... Just don't die. Yeah, okay. Yeah, don't die. Okay, I guess. But like... But yeah, like, no, they don't ever actually explicitly say it. There's no follow-up to it, and it's just yeah. kind of like, all right. Yeah, this is the other thing of, of, <laughs> that Belisario is really bad at, is actually, like, paying things off. Like, he, he, he like, there's so many things that it seems like, oh, this will pay off later, and then it doesn't. Yeah, like, even if she's drunk in the hospital, which we'll get to later, uh-huh. and she's like, you kept your promise, and then, like, the, you know, American harmonica played, like, that would be kind of cute. Like, at yeah. least just do something. Like, what yeah. did I promise? Doesn't matter now. Like, or better do yet. Do something cute. Like, the better, the better option is, like, later on, she goes like, oh, I bet you thought this is what you were promising, but actually I was making you promise this other thing. <laughs> like, that's kind of got some narrative uh, um, clout, but, but just kind of, like, not referencing it ever again. I would be like, take me to Disney World. <laughs> and you'd be like, what? I'd be like, you promise. You promise. Like, yeah, the rest of their marriage. <laughs> right the rest of their marriage is just like, oh, no, you promised back in 1956. <laughs> or, like, the thing that she made him promise is, like, you'll just do whatever I say from now on no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You we're going to get divorced and you're going to give me everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you promised. You bastard, Tom. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a toxic conversation to have. And then, uh, and then immediately after, he's like rubbing her belly, and they're like looking at her pregnant belly yeah. in in a loving way. And I'm like, "This is not your baby. This and it's is also not like, your baby, Sam." Like in a in a in a filmmaking, like they linger on that shot for a while. Oh, it's like a little. It's <laughs> quantum leap. It's a little saccharine. It's yeah, just a little. Saccharine. Also, yeah, this this episode has a lot of filler. There's a lot of establishing shots that are like. Mm, Three times longer than they need to be. Yeah. Although we, we get a few good performances in those moments that I'll get to as we yeah. come to them. Um, um, so then we're, we're back uh, to... Um, they're flying to the airbase, or they're driving to the airbase. I do have a point before that where I think immediately after she's in the kitchen again with her friend... And her friend is like, my boobs are almost as big as Marilyn Monroe's. And I'm like, this is again another, this is another kitchen body issues minute with the, the yeah. ladies of ni- the, 1956. That's not, that's not, we're not there yet. But that's oh, a, we're not? A, worth, a scene that's worth discussing. It's because it, the plane takes off while they're having that conversation. Oh. But that's fine. No, this is, a, this is a worthwhile conversation to have. Because A, <laughs> the three women are in the kitchen making... 
something. They, they don't even ever seem to be cooking. <laughs> no, like, uh, Peggy is over there by the stove. So, like, something's happening. No, she's just at the stove. While she doesn't the other know two, how to be anywhere else. While the other two are sitting in chairs. She feels naked with Talking about boobs. <laughs> talking about boobs. Like, all right. <laughs> These women, yeah, are... are in, uh, in dire need of, of some self-esteem, but I guess, you know, it's 1956. and their husbands have been nagging them for 14 years. <laughs> what do you do? So, all right. Okay, so then they're in the car. But we're in the car, and, and it's, uh, I was just going to say, uh, this is where um, Bird Dog says that he smelled coffee when he was in the plane, and they're all like, sure, whatever, dude. Uh, yeah. And then Sam gets into the plane. Is this before or after we hear Bird Dog's beautiful singing voice? Oh, yeah, that's, he's singing while he's flying. And he's, like, very good. <laughs> he's very good, I think. Am I remembering it too fondly? No, I think, like, he's better than you would expect a fighter pilot to be. <laughs> no, he starts uh, He starts belting out, you know, Pagliacci or something. Mm. <laughs> he's actually a very well-trained opera tenor. But then also, like, later on, we're going to hear Peggy sing, and she's also better than you would expect a military wife from the Midwest to be. I mean, she's very drunk, but like, yes, you can tell that she's, she's like key. a professional actor rather than like somebody who lives in a house and talks about boobs all day. Yes. Spo- spoiler alert: Peggy is played by an actor. <laughs> uh, then uh, the flight takes off. Yeah. Uh, they um, make Sam get into the plane. He's very nervous because Al hasn't shown up. Yeah. He starts, uh, he, he, he gets into the plane, they drop him, Al hasn't shown up yet, and he goes, Al! And then Al shows up and teaches them how to fly a plane. No, he says his full name. It's like, Albert. Oh, that's right. He's going to say Albert. Um, then he teaches him how to fly a plane by just basically, because Al is a hologram, so he can do all of the things without actually touching them. And then Sam has to go behind him and just do all the stuff that Al just did. I was in a, a performance piece that did a similar thing like I didn't act in it but you would it it was part of Luminato one year where like you look at these iPads and you watch someone's hand push a door open so you do it and they like lead you through this set it was super cool anyway that's basically what they were doing yeah Um, but then (laughs) (laughs) um but uh then they realize as they're approaching Mach 3 they hear boiling and Sam makes the brilliant discovery. Oh, he didn't smell coffee. He heard, he heard coffee. coffee. And you're like... He has synesthesia. That's, what? That's also something that should be looked into. Yeah, why? He's, he's smelling sounds. He's <laughs> <laughs> tasting colors. He's like, oh, man. He's singing his the heart sky, out. <laughs> the sky is so grape today. Doug needs uh, a lot of help. Too. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's. he's Why is crashed, he flying the plane? He's crashed his plane a lot, Bird Dog. But then, but then also like, and and then Al Al says, "Oh, what's happening? Is the fuel is boiling?" Oh yeah. Ellipsis. Nothing comes of that because you think, and also this is happening. We're like, well, there's 25 minutes left in the episode at this point, or so. Yeah. Um, and so you're like, oh, so the rest of this episode, if we're going to have like a mystery, uh, somebody is sabotaging the planes or, mm-hmm. um, or uh, you know, selling off important safety features that keeps the fuel from boiling. No. Well, and, and didn't they say like, like planes have been crashing a lot in the first episode, yeah. right? Like this is something that's been happening a lot lately. And he's in the plane while it starts, the fuel's boiling. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, exactly. Why are all these Something is not working in these planes. Yeah, and why but do you that keep has sending n- these poor men into them and, and, and who don't n- feel well. Clearly, all these men who are like, I don't really feel like flying today. I can't remember my training. I smell coffee. <laughs> and also, like that doesn't seem to have anything to do with Sam's mission. Like it's not like Sam gets to the ground and is like, Hey guys, just so you know, the fuel is boiling. You should probably do something about that. That's yeah. dropped entirely for the for the episode. He's just like, thank God I made it. Like Now let's go see Peg. Like, Tom could still die now after you leap back out and go home. Yeah, like, because Tom could get you in that didn't tell anyone, out. Sam, and he doesn't remember. Yeah, Sam. And, uh, yeah, I do also want to point out when he, the plane drops and he shouts out, Albert, the plane drops so slowly. Like, is that something with the plane? Because it's not flying yet. 
right? No. Um, I haven't well, ever seen a, f- a plane get dropped from another there's, plane before. It's, sometimes it's hard to tell, and I don't know what they did for this, but like when you're when you see people like footage of people skydiving or something, mm-hmm. it really looks like they're falling slowly because there's not really a point of reference. Falling slowly. We could sing that yeah. about Sam. Yeah, we can. But we won't. It's a copyright. Oh. Never mind. <laughs> That's okay. We didn't break any laws yet. Seven, you get three more <laughs> notes. is falling hard and take it home. Cut it out. Cut it all. <laughs> or keep it. We've whatever, got, whatever we've got five want. great minutes so far. <laughs> all right. There's also this wonderful part, yeah, about Martha that we get to. Because mm-hmm. Albert is like, I got to get back to Martha. She's going to think I just cut and run after our steamy night. And, and Sam says something about like, what and so like Martha stayed the night like like he can't imagine that that's what yeah. happened and then he's like well yes or like I stayed the night at Martha's yeah that's what adults do Sam and Sam's like 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 completely outraged by that for yeah. a minute and I'm like why are you slut shaving Albert they're the original odd couple um <laughs> Sam is very puritanical with his use to 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 sex and morality not that those two things are necessarily intertwined but you know what i mean um uh, but the, he's he's very very um wholesome whereas al calavici is a man of the world yeah that reminds me i was walking over here today and i saw graffiti on the wall on a wall that just said morals in big letters i was like what an interesting choice yeah, it's for like, graffiti morals i get it dude <laughs> yeah morals Graffiti is illegal. Um, so uh, at the end, uh, Sam barely touches Mach 3 and then immediately ejects from his plane. And for some reason, at the exact same moment, um, the coffee pot on Peggy's yeah. stove breaks. In this very strange, like, inception moment yeah. where, like, everything breaks at the same time and has a rippling effect in the different yeah. layers of the dream. The plane explodes, the coffee pot breaks... And we find out that Martha, Martha, that uh, Peggy went into labor at that Mm -hmm. very moment. Interestingly, so did Martha. We just didn't see it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Albert didn't tell us that Martha is also. Yeah. Future sperm is much faster. Um, although I just. Oh, I'm having a baby. (laughs) It just occurred to me, however, that's probably, it was probably the sonic boom broke the coffee pot. Ah. That was not expressed visually in any way. It just occurred to me after the fact. So maybe that's the only reason that it induced labor. Like, maybe yeah. she wasn't... Because she, she probably didn't know that the plane cra- that was the plane crashing right away. It was probably just the surprise of a sonic boom. Yeah. Hmm. And she just suddenly goes, Oh my God, I'm having a baby! Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she goes into labor. Meanwhile, uh, Sam is being brought to the hospital because he ejected from his plight, flight. Yeah. And and he has this moment with, uh, with the, the medic in the... In the in the in the where the car the truck ambulance ambulance the, the, the hospital car, um, <laughs> where he's talking to him, but he's not talking to him. He's talking to Al, who's behind mm-hmm. him, and the medic just seems to again think that like he's speaking in a completely normal way to him. Like the medic, like he's saying things to him that don't really make sense. Like uh, you know. I can't think of it again. He said at one point, he says, and then what? And the, <laughs> and the medic is like, then we get to the hospital? I don't know, dude. No, but he'd be like, well, then we get to the hospital, you know? And then he'd say something like, no, I don't want to. And he'd be like, well, you, you gotta. Like, like, he's talking to him like he's being rational, as opposed to be like, you seem especially ornery. <laughs> like, yeah. Did, were you injured? Did you hit your head? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I love this conversation. And I imagine there's probably going to be a lot of these conversations because it's comedy yeah. gold when oh. you have one invisible and inaudible person and you're having a conversation with that person while another person is trying to have a conversation with you. Yeah. But like the great thing about it is that it's not like, you know, Sam is like taking in what both of the other two people are saying and then like calculating a response that makes sense to both of them. He's, like, just fully having a conversation with the one of them, and it just kind of happens to incidentally line up with what the other guy is saying. Yeah, totally. And, and then if you, like, were to play that conversation with Al removed, it would be the most bananas conversation with lots of, like, unnatural pauses. Yeah, and emotions that don't fit 
the conversation. That was the main thing in this one. I'm yeah. like, why are you being so mad at this medic? But then again, like, maybe that's the thing. Maybe is that, like, oh, this is a medic who, like, treats Air Force. Like, he treats exclusively people who have bailed out of their planes. He's used to them kind of, like, being in shock or, or having hit their head and being irrational. So maybe that's it. He's just, like, being a calming presence. Like, oh, okay, we're just going to take your blood pressure. <laughs> and then we're going to... Uh, take you to the hospital. Meanwhile, Sam's going like, but Al! <laughs> yeah, sure. Al's going to take you back to the future. Don't yeah, worry about it. everything's going to be just fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so then they get to the hospital and Mikey, Mikey delivers like, again, just a What a powerhouse performance. <laughs> He's an exceptional young actor. Just weeping and Sam Beckett is just like, Oh, don't worry about it. Powell pats him on the head and leaves this little boy, this cu- the cutest little boy, just sobbing because his mother is in the hospital. His younger sibling mu- is probably not going to make it. He probably doesn't know that. His father almost died. I'm like, give the, give him a hug, like help him I know. out. He also like I, I I I clocked like he goes, oh, you just stay here with Lucy and Barb or whatever their names were. I was like, <laughs> sounds right. How did how did Sam learn these people's names? Like, yeah, he's really, really like, adjusted at well. At no point was he like, oh, I'm so sorry. Could you remind me your name? Yeah, yeah. He's For someone who spent, again, I mean, he did spend so little time, as we said, like convincing, uh, 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 adjusting to the world, or at least accepting that this is his world. Like, mm-hmm. he was just like, well, this is my life now. This is my life. Um, You know? So for someone who... I don't. I, I. don't know. It's like he's not fighting it at all. In fact, he's overcompensating by exercising his memory even more and being like, "Okay, Barb, Barb." Yeah. <laughs> and at no point in like in the in the earlier uh, picnic scene in the first episode, we never saw like, you know, Peg go like, "Oh, Tom, can you pass this potato salad to Lucy?" And he goes like, "Oh." Yeah. We never saw that scene, but it must have happened. I I want that scene now that I know that we didn't have it. Um, yeah. Okay, so yeah, comfort the little boy. Peggy is in labor. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say her labor sounds are very 1956, I imagine, because she's sitting there and she like goes through contractions or something. She's just like, oh, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Even as soon as Tom, as soon as Sam walks in, she goes, Tom. Tom, it's like this oh, Tom. is a woman who's like she's she's nine weeks early. Like, yeah, she's got to be in pain. She's got to be in pain and also terrified. But she's like, I'm so happy. My, well, I guess like you would be happy your husband's there. I'm not saying that, but your your child very, and your own life are still hanging in the yeah, balance right but now. She apparently. sounds like he just walked into you know the ballroom at the Bronte sisters, and, and she's like, did you? Did you beat the record? And he's like, yeah, I did. And they're like, yay. I'm like, he almost died. He almost died. And also, you're about to die. We are not nearly out of the woods yet. But that's okay, because then uh, Sam Beckett invents Lamaze. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's funny that, yeah, yeah. So everybody is so shocked that he knows anything about labor. Mm-hmm. Even at the very start of the scene when he's just like, is she dilated? Like, how many fingers? Like, blah, 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 blah. I don't Like, he knows, obviously, more than me. But, and they're like, ooh, which I guess makes sense <laughs> for men. How many fingers in... as though it's wrong? Yeah, that's how they, that is what it is, like, when they, when you dilate it. Oh, whatever. is that so? Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't I know that. If I'm making it up. The doctor answered in centimeters, stuck. but. Oh, but he did say fingers, right? I don't did think Sam say so. Like, what, like, are we actually measuring in real fingers? I mean, unless this is like medieval medicine that I've somehow absorbed more than. I'm pretty sure that you'll be like, she's four fingers dilated or whatever. This is horrifying. If I'm wrong, I'm going to I'm going to kill myself (laughs) for creating such a horrible horrifying image of like, how dilated is she? Oh, let me check. Uh, Three fingers. Well, four. But that's like literally what they do in movie scenes where the nurse is like, she's three fingers dilated. Like they've literally got their fingers inside the woman at the time. Oh, good God. I've never seen this before and I'm horrified. Well... Again, if I'm wrong, I apologize profusely. But <laughs> that's I fine. I don't think I am. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And he just starts rattling off this um, this medical lingo, like mm-hmm. like drugs, okay. names of drugs that haven't been invented yet. And and this is not okay. Like mm. in terms of time, 
travel. Like, oh, you are yeah. doing some damaging stuff right now. Can I just say one thing I really wanted to see, and I'm really upset, was that after um, see the Peggy, put his fingers in Peggy. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to see. Um, <laughs> the, the porn parody of Quantum Leap. Um, no, when after um, uh, Peggy gets a contraction and uh, Sam talks her through it by by telling her to breathe and stuff like that, I really wanted somebody turn to somebody else in the room and say, "What do you think of that, Doctor Lamaze?" <laughs> I really wanted that to happen, but it did not. Oh, that'd be funny. I think I like it as he strokes his chin. Um, is this sound medicine, the notion of getting her intravenously drunk to stop labor? Have you heard of this before? I have not heard of it, but I'm also not a doctor. I What? Well, I mean, I mean I'm a doctor of divinity. All right. Um, yeah, like it sounds really bad. It sounds me. really, really bad. But presumably, because the way he explains it in the episode, and I'm kind, of, I'm assuming Donald P. Belisario did some research into this. Um, <laughs> but he says, like, uh, at first he was listing off a bunch of drugs, and the doctors were like, "That drug won't be invented until 1974." Yeah. And he goes, "Oh well, before that they were using alcohol. So if you do a five percent solution." of alcohol in a saline drip and something, something, something. And he goes, oh, well, this will be invented in the 60s and then replaced in the 70s by all those drugs I mentioned earlier. And everyone's just looking at him like, makes sense. Let's let's do that thing. Do it. Uh, and, and nobody's like, he's he's talking about the future. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe we shouldn't take, like, like I am a, tr- I am a doctor. I have studied my whole life. And this man doctor. just hit his head jumping out of a plane. <laughs> and he's talking about years that have not happened yet and medicines that haven't been invented. And like, and he just goes with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it. It just seems weird to me because I would imagine that the, the fetus or the, the baby, I guess, at this point. At this point um, I don't know. It's whatever. This is a larger discussion. But um, it's, it's still connected. Like, is still connected by blood and whatever to the mother so isn't that getting the baby drunk for sure yeah i mean that's what fetal fetal alcohol syndrome is okay it's like the baby getting like a lot of alcohol that's really bad for it that's what i'm yeah so i'm like i mean i guess you win some you lose i mean you what you could argue it's better than losing the baby altogether yes but yeah and also like you know um maybe getting it drunk Help it loosen up a little bit. Like, help him, like just, <laughs> it, a little, it'll be baby. born with uh, lower inhibitions. And I think that, frankly, it's probably a good thing. Que sera, sera, Peggy <laughs> says. Um, so, in that way, uh, Sam saves his wife and unborn daughter's life. Yeah. Again, not his wife, not his child. Um, not True. that he can't save them, but rather that uh, he is... Kissing and hugging her as if she is his wife. And he says, I love you, in a pretty sincere way. He probably means it. Like, he did say in the previous episode, like, I think I am falling in love with her. Which is, like, bananas, because it's also, like, it's been a weekend. Yeah, yeah, you just met her. But, like, uh, I mean, she's a a fine-looking woman, and... And seems very nice. She seems like a nice lady. Maybe in the grander scale of, like, I love everyone. I'm full of love for yeah. humanity. Yeah, I love everyone. <laughs> and that includes you, which is a really romantic sentiment. Uh, so he saves her life. Uh, the baby is saved. Um, and then he does this great shot where, for some reason, his son is hanging out in the parking lot of the hospital. Oh, yeah. With Bird Dog, just chilling by the cars. Is this before or after she's drunk? Oh, this is after she's drunk. This is after I was skipping. Oh, no, because the thing about that moment that just creeped me out is this drunk woman singing a song to her husband and being like, come here and kiss me, big boy, and all that stuff, and like the happy ending, and he's happy and smiling. He says, I love you. She says, I love you. And the two other male doctors are just watching, smiling, while this drunk woman is singing in her bed. Uh, It's... Is creepy. That's yeah. all. But then, yeah, he, uh, he his son is hanging out in the parking lot with Bird Dog. He opens the window, shoves his hand out, and gives a thumbs up. <laughs> Everything's gonna be okay. Yeah, not a hug like mom's okay. Yeah, new baby sister's okay or whatever. Just a like you done it. Mm-hmm. And why are they in the parking lot? 
Oh, the hospital's no place for a man and a boy, other than Beckett and the doctors. Is it because they're they're figuring that eventually Tom is going to look out the window and see them and give them like some kind of thumbs up, thumbs down indication of whether their mother is dead? If it didn't work out, could you imagine if he gave a thumbs down like the emperor of Rome? <laughs> like, oh, oh, bad news, folks. Oh, I just gotta tell you, thumbs down, womp womp. And the little boy in tears extends his arm and offers a return thumbs down. Bird and dog then, takes off his hat. Mm-hmm. And then, in a in a perfectly perfectly reasonable response to finding out that your mother is alive, uh, Mikey throws his baseball to Tom. Oh, does he? Yeah, and that's how we seg- uh, segue, that's how we transition over to Sam is now baseballer Tim Fox. It was that fast. Yes. There's no graphic or anything. It's literally just... He just leaps. He just leaps with no no special effects. He's just suddenly in an entirely different body and place. Yeah. And time. And there's 17 minutes left in the episode. I didn't realize we were going to get two whole stories this episode. I mean, we didn't get too much about Tim Fox. I mean, yeah. I guess other than he probably wants a home run. Again, I'm a little fuzzy on details. But yeah. it's like, he's got, Fox has got to get a home run, I'm assuming. It was that he was supposed to, he, like, in, in the original timeline, we're going to call it t- Timeline Alpha, he, um, uh, he got, he got uh, out on this thing and then went on to live a perfectly fine life. Oh. It's like what they they describe he opens a KFC franchise, he marries, he has two children, he lives a fine old life. Alright. This is the situation we need to fix. <laughs> yeah, like there's gotta be a way to prioritize historical things that that need helping. Yeah. It's like <laughs> It goes back to 1972, a woman lost her keys, like, okay, come on. Um. But, I mean, the other thing is when you're dealing with time travel, it doesn't kind of matter what order you do things in. You're like, oh, well, we'll, we'll give him a couple of uh, easy ones to train on, and then after that, we're going to send him to Vietnam. That's true. You can always go back in time to, so that you're not wasting your time doing this. Mm-hmm. You're just It's just indentured servitude that will never end. Yeah, that's um, pretty much it. I, I did think the baseball thing was the funniest thing about it for me was that um, we kept getting shots of the announcer and the announcer was always talking about Schneck and Schneck funeral services, which yeah. sounds fake, first of all, to be like, this has been brought to you by Schneck and Schneck funeral yeah, services. Like, when you're on your way out, go with Schneck and Schneck or whatever. I'm like, what a morose. And they, that was apparently their only sponsor. The, the only sponsor of baseball <laughs> is Schneck and Schneck Funeral Parlor. And also, like, Yeesh. some real bad copy. Like, whether you get, uh, I don't remember what he said, but, like, uh, uh, ground out, a pop out, a fly out, or a strike out, you, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. Or like, when it's time for you to go, call Schneck and Schneck. Whoa, guys. Like, this is All real right. dark for, like, baseball. Yeah. Yeah, well, what's the meaning of any of this? So that was funny. So um, a dog immediately knows that Sam is not who he <laughs> claims to be. Sure, that's a thing that I guess is true. And like a threat to him. He's yeah. like, this dog's going to give me away. I'm like, do you really think people are going to be like, hey, Sparky doesn't like the look of Tim today. Like, who cares? It's I mean, fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sam stares down the dog for some reason. That was worth 30 <laughs> seconds of airtime. Yeah, and it didn't work because it was actually Al making the dog calm down. But his version of, like, I'm going to try to stare down this dog was very sexy. Yeah, it was very, like, chin jutting out, eyes smoldering. Bedroom eyes to this dog. And the dog starts snarling even more <laughs> at the sight of it. So it was excellent. Um... Yeah, and, and that's when we get a great line from Albert as well about um, someone having as much enthusiasm as a $10 hooker. Which is not very much. No. This, this is like, like, this is like not, it's like the reason this baseball team is losing is because they're playing with as much enthusiasm as a $10 hooker. Yes. But, you know, this is coming from a, a time-traveling hologram. So I'm sure in like, you know what, if it was 1890, $10 would be... A, Mm, that's a true. small fortune. Yeah. For, for even a in even in nineteen, where are they? Seven sixty eight or so. Yeah, that's not that bad. 
Like that's that's not nothing. The important thing about to know about this uh, short, I will say short-ish um, story, mm-hmm. is that Tim Fox looks a lot like Art Garfunkel. I was thinking that, and I was also thinking that he looks like a young Jeffrey Jones, which is bad. Just Jeffrey Jones. I think of Jim Jones. He was the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, and the Emperor and Amadeus, and he right. doesn't act anymore because he was a pedophile. Right, right, right. Art Garfunkel or Jeffrey Jones? Let's go with Art Garfunkel. Yeah. Um, I think that's his name, Jeffrey Jones. Anyway. Um, I just wrote, he looks like Jeffrey Jones, which is awful. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote, looks like Art Garfunkel, which is less awful, but also, like, I'm led to believe kind of a dick. Aw. That's disappointing. Um, uh, Al, the the, the entire point of this story is, well, two things are going to happen. And then the actual, like, plot of, like, what he's there to fix doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Uh, we, we're here to get another exposition drop where we learn Sam's last name is Beckett. And he says that he has six doctorates. Yes. Um, and he is the creator of Quantum Leap. And uh, the reason that they can't bring him back is, quote, if there's anyone, if there's one guy who could bring you back, it's you. Which is a classic uh, um, um, TV trope. Which is not true because lots of people work at particle accelerators and stuff. You know? Like, if you are the one person who knows this project, then you're not the one that steps into the machine. Yes, that's a good point. You should have uh, at least imparted all of your wisdom about the machine to a few people who mm-hmm. are operating said machine or whatever. Or just send one of the fucking janitors back in time. Yeah. Yeah, who cares? Get in the plane. Get in the plane, and I'll, I'm the one who can bring you back, so I'll stay here. Yeah, just fly the plane. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what else Albert said about women in that scene, but I think we can confidently say that he is a lech. Yeah, some really horrifying things. Yeah. I I also wanted to talk about um, about Albert's use of the word magnafoozled Mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which, wouldn't it be funny if he wasn't just being funny and that's what it's called in the future? Yeah, yeah. Fun thought for... (laughs) Food food for thought. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and then he calls his father. And like, buddy, there's going to be a million John Becketts in Indiana. Right? Like he calls the operator and is like, it's John Beckett. He lives in Indiana. He does say the name of the town. Okay. So that helps. That helps. Maybe it's not so bad. Um, But yeah, like the first thing he does, I mean, I don't know. Like maybe it says more about me. But like if I went back in time, the first thing I would do is not call my dad. No. What would you do? What would I do? Depends on where I would go back, when I would go back to, I guess. Maybe run for office. It seems like that'd be a worthwhile thing to do, and be, be like the first thing you do, and that'd be like I'm like run for office. the world's only real progressive. <laughs> I mean, maybe after a few weeks, I'd get to that point, but I think I would call my dad. Oh yeah, but I wouldn't do it just to be like I love you. I would do it to be like, what do I do, Dad? <laughs> You're good with technology. <laughs> what do I do? How do I get out of this? Like, Mom, is it going to be okay? Like, yeah, what if his dad was an actual quantum physicist and knew what to do? All right, Sam. This is what you got to do. First of all, you got to stand real close to a nuclear blast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Um, So he calls his dad, has a really cheerful conversation where he presents to be his own cousin. Really heart-wrenching scene. I mean, I think, like, yeah, it was was nice, but it, it made me... This is the question... That is going to come up a lot of times in this show. Is Scott Bakula a good actor? Yeah, I think he's okay. You think I think he's, he's okay. I think, uh, like, you know, he's not magnificent, but he's all right. I don't hate him. What do you think? I, I don't know. To me, like, the thing that was, like, I liked about that scene was uh, his his kind of stammering uh, seemed, like, realistic, where, like, most of most of his dialogue seems just a little bit stilted, and mm-hmm. in this one scene where he's crying on the phone with his dad, it seemed, like, paced in a lot more naturalistic way than usual. Yeah. But, I don't know, 
there was something about him crying that just definitely had the look of like we're just gonna moisten your face a little bit. Drop a couple drops here, yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, but like. <laughs> like again, like I think yeah. again, it's a nice scene and it's a nice a nice premise for a scene of like a guy who loves his dad so much that he goes back in time and calls him because in the present day he's dead. Like that's it's very nice. Oh, I didn't I didn't gather. Oh that he's really? Dead. Oh, I... That's real bad. I assumed I guess that's the only reason I would call my dad in the past. <laughs> yeah, maybe he is. I mean, to be fair, when I looked at him, when they cut to the dad, he was much older than I thought he was going to mm. be. I know that it's the 70s now, you said? Uh, 68? 68. So, like, okay, like, sure. But, but like, he, he looked a bit older, and his son was, like, maybe 13, 14, when, when like young 16, Scott... I 16, yeah. Nah. No, you don't think? I think if you were 16, then we would be less freaked out at the fact that Scott Bakula's voice came out of this young <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was like, hey, Dad, want to go for a couch? Hello, Father. <laughs> Why, it's me, your son. There's a cow giving birth. <laughs> Come immediately. It's like... It's- Enthusiastic-looking young man who probably who got doesn't a, a look, silent on camera fee for who it. Also, doesn't look anything like Scott Bakula. Like his hair is darker. I mean, kind of like a what? The boy's hair was darker. Yeah. Yeah, Scott Bakula. I guess I assumed he was like graying a little, but he's probably not. I think he's got a lighter brown hair. He just he looks he looks European to me, and he, he I believe he is of European ancestry. And this you're saying he's a boy, white dude. He, he's, he, no, but like I was gonna say, he looks Italian to me. But uh, then I'm like, Elite's gonna make fun of me for talking about Italians. Well, again. No, not at all. I'm just I'm wondering, <laughs> is Bacula an Italian name? No, it's uh, it's Czech. I looked it up. Oh, yeah. It's pretty I assumed it was Romanian, like Dracula. <laughs> 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 Wait, he was Transylvanian. Yeah, Transylvania is in Romania. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. He was the prince of Romania, I believe. Huh. Vlad the Impaler. Oh, I, yeah. This has been a Transylvanian minute yeah. with Kristen Sass. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I thought that little boy looked like your typical, like, karate kid, Italianate protagonist boy. Um... It's it's a it's a stereotypical character that I've noticed, but no one seems to know what I'm talking about. When I'm like, you have an action film where a little boy is put into a different environment, or like like a kid in King Arthur's court. I mean, Rookie of the Year, um, which is like not yeah. Angels same. in the Outfield. Yeah, probably. I don't remember what that protagonist looked like. Oh, pretty sure he had like brown shaggy hair. Yeah, he was Mediterranean for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> olive complexion. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so then, like, he, he talks to his dad. He feels better. And he says, oh, I won't make it home for Thanksgiving this year. I love Ugh. you so much, Dad. Um, and then we get a nice voiceover monologue. Or do you have more on that? That's why I thought his dad was still alive, was because he said, I'm not going to be home for Thanksgiving this year. I think... Because I thought maybe he was afraid that he wouldn't get back to the present. That's... Yeah, that's a good point. Hmm. I just like I, I I the entire time I was assuming he was dead because I was like why else would you call your father? <laughs> but, um, do you want to talk about your relationship? I with do your father? not want to talk about my relationship <laughs> with my father. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I have no clue why this guy wants to talk to his dad. Period. Um, but uh, so that was that was just like because he was crying so much. I just assumed his dad was dead, but mm. that does make sense. Cause I, I also kind of was like, Oh, maybe like, you know, not coming home for Thanksgiving was like a metaphor for like, never going to see you again or something. Yeah. And I did note that the two older child actors. So who was the other one? There was a uh, young Bacula and then there was, Oh, the kid, the mm-hmm. kid who like gives him the ball or something or, you know, like yeah, yeah the, the bat boy, the bat boy. Yes. Uh, runs on. And they both give really over-the-top theatrical performances. And I'm like, oh, we were spoiled on Mikey. Yeah, Mikey is a gem. <laughs> Mikey's subtlety and uh, and truth is yeah. just something that I really felt the loss of. That's why they, they, they didn't waste him. Like They, they were like, right out of the gate, we're going to give the meatiest <laughs> part to this wonderful savant uh, um, um, child prodigy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So he wraps up the conversation with his dad and gets this nice voiceover narration, uh, basically setting up the premise of the show. It's like, oh, well, it seems like I could just leap from life to life for like at least four or five seasons. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I feel like there'll be a lot of entertaining adventures and who knows what I could accomplish. <laughs> seems like there's a lot to be done in the past. Yeah. Like, obviously. <laughs> I could use my various skills from my six doctorates and really, like, set some things right that once went wrong. Yeah. I think also, like, so we get this sequence, this really intense baseball sequence mm-hmm. um, with a lot of uncomfortable shots, mostly of that weird shot you get when the um, the catcher, I guess, or whatever, is, like, squatted down yeah. on the and ground and giving finger symbols right so, in front of his cross. It's just like a real close-up of this guy's groin. And I don't know what other movie does that, but it took me to a place of another film with that same shot, and I was like, why is this a shot? Why is this a thing we need to see? Um, and then it would cut from that to this guy with the worst mustache I've ever seen in my the, whole this life. This is the picture. <laughs> it's like, I, at first I thought it was a Hitler mustache from mm-hmm. a distance. I was like, you can't tell me it in 68 that Hitler mustaches were still in fashion or Charlie Chaplin mustaches I guess you would say in the states but then they close up and I just realized it's so sparse everywhere except for right under his nose that I just didn't see that it was a full mustache and it became even worse yeah it's it's a pretty bad mustache it's the worst although I imagine we'll be comparing mustaches in this show frequently that's true. Like we'd better get a lot of really cool facial hair when we get to the '60s. Yeah, I guess this is the '60s, but it's baseball, so yeah, they're a bunch they're of fascists. Conservative. We need like some uh, hippies. Yeah, and stuff. we'll get there. We'll get to hippies. I bet. <laughs> um, and so the thing is, as I said before, the problem that he's—it seems like he's here to fix this time—is. That this guy didn't hit a home run. Or like he struck out. He didn't struck out. He flew out in this baseball game. And then went on to live a pretty respectable, nice life. Yeah. And then when he... um, Sam steps up to bat. He takes two strikes immediately. Then on the third pitch... We get a nice big slow-mo. It's a long slow-mo sequence of him swinging. With no ball in sight. No ball Can I just say, they didn't even nearby. try to make it feel like he, he hit a ball. Like, we just, you know what I mean? When yeah. he swings. And it doesn't really look like a very good swing. They didn't even put, like, a crack of the bat hitting the ball. Well, yeah, he missed. The third time? Yeah, he missed and they fumbled. The, 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 the catcher fumbled the ball. Uh, and that's what all that was was it was a series this is the thing he's there to fix the problem but he missed the swing entirely right and only managed to get a home run through three unforced errors on the side of the defense the only thing i don't have a degree in baseball baseball (laughs) um and so, uh, yeah, the um, catcher drops the ball. Al tells him to start running. He runs. Catcher catches the ball, or find, you know, recovers the ball, throws it to first base, overthrows it. That's the second unforced error. Uh, it's picked up. Meanwhile, like, Sam is rounding first, going to second. Picked up by the outfield. The outfield throws it to third. Third base miss- misses the catch. Sam has accomplished nothing. Like, he gets a home run, but... Not the right way. Not the right way. And in what way could this possibly have improved anyone's life? <laughs> yeah, like, he became famous for getting a yeah, home run. Yeah, like, it's not like... Out of sheer fuckery. Tim, Tim Fox can't... It's not like he's gonna go off to a career in the big leagues now because of his amazing fucking performance at bat. No. No. Who... What, 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 what was this story for? It was so he could call his dad. But then why are we baseball? I'm convinced that for the first little while of the show, it's going to be him um, uh, uh, getting in, leaping into bodies of men who are like your typical like man's man job, like like every little boy's dream kind of job. Like, I'm going to be a baseball player. I'm going to be a fighter pilot. Like, I think that that's going to be the first bunch of episodes until they feel confident enough to make him like a woman. Well... <laughs> 
you say that, uh, what would you remember what he leapt into at the end of this episode? After after he, you know, made it to home, got a home run through sheer force of luck, and he leaps out of there with no kind of um, explanation for what he has accomplished or how he has helped anyone in any way. Oh. Where does he leap into? Was I looking at my... F- was I typing something? Give me a hint. Refresh my memory. I don't know if I can give you a hint that isn't just like the answer. But he's he's a, he, it looks like he's a college professor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's wearing yeah. a lot of tweed, smoking a pipe. I do remember. Okay. So he's, I mean, I assumed that was him, like his actual. Oh, you thought that was Sam. Yeah, I thought that was that he gets back. So am I right in thinking that he never gets back? Back? He doesn't go. He doesn't leap back into his own body in between. No. Oh. He just bounces from one to the next. Kind of so like. So he very well might not be home for Thanksgiving. He. Oh yeah, he will not be home for Thanksgiving. Oh, so that's what I think is going. Oh. Yeah, his dad's finally. You think? I. I. I think he's dead. We'll see. Mm. We'll see. Time will tell. Okay. Yeah, I assumed that in his reality, because he has a bunch of PhDs and stuff, he's like a Indiana Jones type teacher. Uh huh. Because all those girls were looking at him ad- ad- admiringly, but yeah. now I get the feeling that maybe he's a woman. Because you were like, he was wearing you... a tweed suit, <laughs> like a tweed jacket. All right. He was smoking a pipe. Like I think he's a man. Fair enough. You just said that like, well. Well, I mean, I'm I was just saying because it's not, it's not a man's. Not, man it's not like job. a manly man's profession either. It's not like mm-hmm. a, I want to grow up and be a college professor who smokes a pipe. <laughs> That's true. Um, but but we also see uh, a shot of his classroom, which appears to be entirely women. Yeah. Who are looking admiringly and lovingly at him. Yeah, it was very so, Indiana. Jones. It is very Indiana Jones. So, what do you think the next episode is going to be about? Uh, he's. I, I I literally think that he jumps into the character of Indiana Jones, um, like who is uh, is is a real person in Quantum Leap world. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not like Indiana Jones is a movie we all love. It's a real person. He leapt into Indiana Jones, and he's got to um, not lose the idol to Belloc. Yes. But also, I think that an important part of the episode is going to have to be him deflecting the attention of his female students, um, because uh, that's wrong. But he seems to have no self-control about, like, boundaries with women who are not of his time, um, as we've learned with his relationship with Peggy. So maybe that'll uh, not go so well. But maybe he's in a time where people don't care. Yeah, so, so what you're saying is he's got to try to bring um, his kind of more 1990s uh, uh, sexual politics to uh, the land of Indiana Jones. Yeah, that's right. And like, <laughs> that's exactly right. There will be like some woman who's like, well, I mean, aren't we like in love now? Because you <laughs> slammed me against a wall and said we're in love now. And he'd be like, I did what? And then he sits her down. And explains to her that that was wrong, as opposed to Indiana Jones, where you're like, how romantic. And and given the choice, you should probably treat preferentially somebody who doesn't slam you into walls. Yeah, but that was like Harrison Ford's thing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this, I'm being Sam. I'm. I get it. I'm, I'm being Sam, like, teaching her about feminism. <laughs> I understand. And also, that wasn't a defense to say, like, yeah, but Harrison Ford did. <laughs> That's not an excuse. Harrison Ford did a lot of things. Including Carrie Fisher. <laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> um, but Indiana Jones was 1930s. Fair enough. But could be. It could be just like an older Indiana Jones who's still wearing um, tweeds and uh, loved by his students. Like a re- in, in almost retired Indiana Yeah, he's Jones. tenured and like, you know, just, you know, just keep just going stages. until he dies. <laughs> but the ladies still love him. Mm, I mean, I mean, people still love Harrison Ford today. Yeah. Yeah. He's still kind of sexy. Yeah. <laughs> she said yeah, unconvincingly. He's okay. Do you have anything else to say on this episode? Genesis part two? No, it was great. It was a great episode, Even right? I didn't apparently absorb a lot of facts. I absorbed a lot of feelings. That's that's just important. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be the I'll be the facts person in this podcast and you be the outrage person with Al. <laughs> I like Al. <laughs> I like Al too, but again, he's got he's got the sexual politics of like a Viking invasion. Yeah, yeah. No, it was great. It was a lot of fun. All right. Um. So, listen to the Pitch Off Project. Listen to On a Dark Cold Night. And we'll be back next Friday with 
episode two or three? Episode three? Episode three, but then what do you call it? I guess it must be episode three. Oh, Again, cause I like, see. Because the still... first one was still part one of episode one. Oh, but... Why do we call it two then? This will be episode one, part two. I guess I guess that's what it is, yeah. So we'll be back with episode two yeah. of Quantum Leap, which is called... I forgot to look it up. Give me a second. <laughs> Maybe this should be part of the discussion because the title of this next episode is Star-Crossed. Ooh. Maybe he's an astronomy teacher. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Still Indiana Jones. Still Indiana Jones, but he's like gotten another doctorate. Yeah, that's just in what astronomy. people do if they're in academia. They get six doctorates. And decided that the archaeologist lifestyle was just like too, uh, too um, active. Hands on. Too hands on, too active. He was, he's an old man. He just wants to lie back in his chair and look at the stars. <sighs> that sounds great. I hope that's the whole episode. <laughs> Indiana Jones just be like, this is much better. <laughs> Popping a beer. <laughs> All right, well, let's find out next week on Oh, oh Boy, Boy, It's, it's Kristen, Kristen and Leet! Leet.